This isn't necessarily a Cam Newton versus Kyle Allen discussion. It's more of a what is our identity offensively. You'd be moronic to think that Kyle Allen has the same juice that Cam Newton has. But Kyle Allen plays the position in such a way where you play on time. You play with precision. It allows the fullness of your offensive talents to come out. If Cam can play that type of football at a consistent level, then Cam Newton's your answer. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Free For All Friday. That was Trent Dilfer from our show on Monday speaking about a guy he knows really, really well. Once had him in his camp. Kyle Allen, former Texas A&M QB, former Houston Cougars QB, undrafted free agent discovered and signed by your Carolina Panthers, developed by Norv Turner. Darren, I don't say this much because typically I am interviewing guests on the David Glenn Show, (laughs) which bears my name. Uh, But what was the most interesting thing that Trent Dilfer said Monday with Scott Hamilton filling in, good friend of the program, since uh, I was on the golf course, as always, raising money for good causes, uh, and I was unable to listen because I was probably in the middle of hitting a big birdie putt. Oh, no doubt. I I think it's worth uh, revisiting. Trent Dilfer talked about, so he knows Kyle Allen since he was 16 because of the Elite 11 camp and the series, the little mini-series they used to put on ESPN when Trent was an analyst for them. Um, he talked about his intangibles, and but he described them as being dude qualities. And apparently back in the Elite 11 days, they referred to Kyle Allen and his dude qualities as DQs. So he was just like a dude, that. he said. I like that. There's a lot of dude qualities to Kyle <laughs> Allen. Like the little kid who taunts Cam Newton in that NFL Plays commercial. <laughs> He's a dude. There's some swagger. There's some dude-style swagger there. Let's get let's uh, get a couple groups together. I see some endorsement opportunities here. <laughs> DQ for DQ. Dude yeah. quality. Let's get <laughs> Kyle Allen's people together with the Dairy Queen people, and let's just take our 10% cut as the intermediary. 1-800-849-2761. We do have lines open for the first time in a long time it is free for all friday we are following your lead since trent dilfer former nfl qb was among our guests a quick list of what to look for in the nfl riley this is a nice variety we love when this happens we say exercise your free for all friday freedoms it can be a complaint it can be a question it can be a comment a prediction it can be something that you couldn't get in on during the week because the lines were jammed of course everybody's talking football and i've got a lot more on the college and pro weekend that awaits us but riley has basketball on his or her mind greg has hockey on his mind kevin has baseball on his mind so we're going everywhere heading into a weekend where it's a big weekend for soccer here and elsewhere more on that later it's a big weekend for nascar it's a cut race out in kansas they go from 12 down to the eight elite eight if you will survivors in that playoff it is free for all friday we are coming to your calls 1-800-849-2761 your nfl highlights since the panthers are off don't worry be happy minnesota at detroit I believe the NFC is so wide open that you, as a Panthers fan, if you are, during your open week, spend time with friends, family, have fun, right? Maybe watch a little less NFL, catch a movie or something like that. But don't worry, be happy is the theme because, A, you have two quarterbacks, Kyle Allen and Cam Newton, whenever he is truly healthy. And, B, there is nobody to be afraid of in the NFC. When you watch the Vikings visit the Lions this weekend, If Minnesota wins, I think you can put them among the better contenders in the NFC. But there is no Patriots-like figure looming on the Panthers' side of this fence. 
We'll see if the Saints can sustain what they're doing under Teddy Bridgewater. It is another test because although New Orleans is better than Chicago overall, 5-1 and one the Saints, 4-0 and oh under Teddy Bridgewater with Breeze Hurt, 3-2 and two the Bears. As Chicago looks for former UNC star Mitch Trubisky to turn the corner, they've been waiting pretty much since they picked him high in the first round for that corner to be turned. The backup, Teddy Bridgewater, is going to be challenged by what I think is one of the best NFL defenses. I mean, the whole league in Chicago. The winner there looks like a contender in the NFC. Philly plays Dallas in Dallas. They're both only 3-3, three and three, but since New York and Washington don't look very good, the winner feels like it is in the driver's seat in the NFC East, maybe build some momentum. The Cowboys have lost three straight after their 3-0 and start. And as we come to your calls, one other wrinkle there, Eagles head coach Doug Peterson. Be wary of those sports radio visits, folks. It's dangerous. There's a grenade lingering around every corner as we have guests here, Hall of Fame and otherwise, on the David Glenn Show. We are not in the ambush journalism world. We tend to have more intelligent conversations with folks, Hall of Fame or otherwise. And I don't think this was a gotcha type thing, but Eagles coach Doug Peterson said on Philly Radio this week that his team would win in Dallas. Now, as we come to Riley and Greg and Kevin and you calling from the mountains to the beach and everywhere you'd want to live in between, you can take us anywhere in the sports world. How much of a distinction is there between saying we will win in Dallas? And then Peterson asked about his comments on the radio. He said, well, wait a minute. I didn't guarantee. I, I didn't turn it into one of those guarantee games. I think there is a difference. I think people mean different things. In both cases, you're confident. In both cases, you are risking your opponent using it as billboard material, and Dallas already is. Jason Garrett hasn't said a word. There's not going to be a guarantee from Jason Garrett that the Cowboys will win. There's not going to be a reaction to Doug Peterson's comments from Jason Garrett. Man, he's got enough problems on his hands as the guy who's lost three straight uh, with a, an owner breathing down his neck in Jerry Jones. There is a difference, I think, between saying we're going to win in Dallas on Sunday and the much more rare, I guarantee we beat the Cowboys on Sunday night. It is your Sunday night football matchup. The winner will be atop the NFC East. Dak Prescott of the Cowboys and Carson Wentz of the Eagles both entered the league in 2016. And whereas the Eagles have that Super Bowl, of course, Nick Foles at the controls when Wentz was injured, because Wentz was picked number two overall in 2016, by the Eagles. And Prescott, remember, has a chance to be one of those great stories. Russell Wilson-like, maybe Tom Brady-like, although you don't compare anybody to the GOAT. He was a sixth-rounder Brady out of Michigan, famously. Russell Wilson, a third-rounder out of the whole pack of Badgers to the Seahawks. And Dak's a fourth-rounder. And he, he overachieves. He has overachieved as he awaits his next big fat contract. Wentz already has his, by the way. But interestingly, head-to-head, since they bo- they're divisional rivals, they're with teams that play each other at least twice every year, head-to-head, it's Dak Prescott 3, Carson Wentz 2, and Dak has the only playoff victory head-to-head. So we'll see if Carson Wentz, the much higher pick, can even the score as that matchup awaits you in Dallas on Sunday night. The late afternoon games, Baltimore at Seattle and New Orleans and Chicago are the two best. The early afternoon games with the Panthers off 
I think the two best are Minnesota at Detroit and Houston at Indianapolis, the all-ACC QB matchup, Deshaun Watson against Jacoby Brissett in that one. Riley and Apex, welcome to Free For All Friday. Go right ahead. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. I am a damn Yankee, so I just wanted to talk about that uh, the best NBA players out of Duke. Oh, yeah. And uh, I might be a homer, but you forgot Mike Kaminsky, man. If you look up his NBA numbers, I think 12, 14 years, Mike Kaminsky had a hell of a Oh, I'm all about it, man. I'm happy to have him. I didn't even finish out. Like, I think I got to five or six, so I still need dudes. And I actually grew up watching G-Man play in part for the Philadelphia 76ers. He hung around for a long time. He's going to raise the IQ of the locker room by a lot. That guy was a smart prep school guy up in uh, the New England area, if I remember correctly. Signs with Duke. Uh, what barely overlapped with Coach K. So these are Coach K players in the NBA. Um, he was leaving as Coach K was arriving, but absolutely. Elton Brand's my starter in the post. We need some depth there. Former Coach K guys in the NBA. Longevity with Jaminski. He'll probably pick up the dinner check every once in a while. We always like that. Locker room chemistry. Hits all of his free throws. Runs the floor. Sweet shooter the G-man was. Rebounds for you. Absolutely, positively, he's going to be in my top 10 former Duke dudes in the NBA. Well done, Riley. We love damn Yankees here in North Carolina. Well, not everybody does, but I do as a transplanted Philadelphian. Ever heard of the band Damn Yankees, Darren? Yeah. Oh, you're a music guy. Of course you have. (laughs) That's more my generation than yours, right? Yeah, oh, for sure. But, you know, I'm I'm well-schooled, I guess. As we go to the next call, free-for-all Friday style, I don't want to get to all of them, but they, this is just like you mentioned, Duke players in the NBA, now all the recommendations are pouring in. We mentioned greatest starting rotations of all time. And fortunately, I was born at a time that I do remember the Orioles quartet that the caller mentioned earlier. I would be remiss, again, I'm not going to mention all the dozen or so that have rolled in, but especially given that we're in a state where polls have shown that the New York Yankees and the Atlanta Braves are the two most popular Major League Baseball teams for citizens of this state where, of course, we don't have our own MLB team. Various renditions of 1990s Atlanta Braves quartets continue to roll in. Now, I don't want to argue over the details. As my law school professor, one of my favorites, often said, don't get caught up in the minutia. That's a great SAT word, isn't it? The minutia. And he used to say, you know, if you get caught up in the minutia on your blue book law exam, None of that multiple choice stuff, man. No, no, no. This is this is bring your big boy pants to law school, okay? It, you had just blank page after blank page after blank page, and you had to pour whatever you knew into those pages during whatever the allotted time was. And sometimes, frankly, it was scary. Don't get, up, get caught up in the minutia meant hit the high points. Show that you attended class all semester. Show that you're taking away stuff you can actually apply. Don't get caught up in all the little stuff because that doesn't really matter in your real legal career. Anyway, without getting caught up in the greatest starting rotations minutia, as the Nationals are waiting with Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, and Patrick Corbin in the World Series, and the Astros are one one win away from joining them with Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, and Zach Greinke. Verlander, future Hall of Famer, on the hill for Houston at New York tonight as they try to win that series five games to one, or four games to one in five games. If they don't win tonight, they get two more shots if needed in Houston. 
Would you rather have the Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, Steve Avery quartet of the, the young early guy, 90s? Steve Avery, yeah. Right? Or I'm perfectly okay with the later 90s where it was still Greg Maddox, still Tom Glavin, still John Smoltz. He had like a 17-3 and three year. Uh, I think, before he converted to the bullpen. And then give me, like, a Kevin Millwood there or a Denny Nagel instead. There's a five-man rotation for you from the late 80s. I mean, in the history of baseball, those Braves four- to five-man rotations, that's in the top ten. You talk about the the one, two, and three guys in a rotation. I mean, they're up there with anybody as as the top three guys in a single rotation. And they did it for a long time, Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. Greg is in Raleigh and next on the David Glenn Show. Welcome to Free For All Friday. Uh, Thanks for having me. Sure, man. Uh, I want to preface this uh, by saying first that I am thrilled that Eric Holla is on the goal scoring pace that he is right now. I am thrilled that Dougie Hamilton is playing in the goal. It's great. I'm going to be a complainiac for a second, though, and just wonder why uh, Sechnikov and... Sebastian Ajo have not scored against a goalie yet. Yeah. Uh, can I panic yet, or do I wait? Nah, no reason to panic. Hey, do you have any Bobby McFerrin left over there, Darren Vaught? I think uh, Greg and Rowley needs to don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be Don't happy. worry, Matt. If you prefer the Bob Marley version, just crank up a little Three Little Birds. You know, don't worry about a thing. Every little thing is going to be all right. Don't make me sing it. It is free for all Friday. I am halfway to Margaritaville. Don't dare me to sing it. Either Bobby McFerrin or that version of Bob Marley would be fine here. For those who don't know, the Canes are off to a 6-2 and two start. They do have the second best record in the National Hockey League. They are not getting the highest end goal scoring production from their 19-year-old Russian superstar, Andrei Svechnikov, although Svech has a lot of points. I mean, I know they're coming by assist for the most part, but certainly no s- slow start there. And anybody who wanted him to s- wanted to see him take the next step, I think you have to count that, you know, Bobby McFerrin or others, otherwise, as an accomplishment. That is a don't worry, be happy for sure. He is turning the corner. Ajo's a little different. And it's like he's squeezing the stick a little bit. He's got his big offer sheet contract, making the big money for the first time, the mega big money. I think he's going to be fine. You know, he is the Canes' best player, I think, uh, uh, subjectively and objectively. Um, So maybe there's a little concern there, but we're only eight games into an 80-plus game marathon. So when you're 6-2 and and Mrazek's doing his thing, and James Reimer's been good enough as the new backup. So you, you have steady or better goaltending almost every night. Six and two against a not easy schedule. Dougie Hamilton's playing out of his mind on defense, fantastically. Brett Pesci and Jacob Slavin in a different way are doing that. Jake Gardner as a newcomer on defense, also doing that. I mean, it's a good-looking hockey team. If, if, seriously, if you did your NHL power rankings on, on here on October 18th, and I've been watching hockey since I was a little kid, the Canes would be in my personal top five. No exaggeration. And I'm not just talking about, you know, of course, they have the second-best record, so duh. I mean, subjectively, who's playing great hockey? The Tampa Bay Lightning are really, really, really good. The Boston Bruins, as much as I don't like saying this out loud, are really good again. The Toronto Maple Leafs look better than they usually do. The St. Louis Blues won it all last year, and they're good again. I think the Penguins are good. I think Vegas is good. Um, And, yeah, there are others. But the Canes belong in that mix. 
And when is the last time anybody felt that way? When's the last time you really thought the Carolina Hurricanes were one of the half a dozen best teams in the NHL? Now, I mean, you might have felt that during their amazing playoff run as they were one of the four la- last four standing. I get that. But in a regular season within the last decade, I have never felt the Canes were one of the half best teams, half, do- half dozen best teams in the National Hockey League, and I do feel that way right now. So take that for what it's worth. I say don't worry, be happy, man, about the Panthers in their off week and about the Carolina Hurricanes as they visit Anaheim tonight to complete their three-game West Coast swing. They will be back home a week from tomorrow. A little afternoon matchup against Chicago. Take the kids because you get to go on the ice for a little trick-or-treating after the Canes beat the Blackhawks. That's a week from tomorrow at PNC Arena. Enter hashtag Canes with DG. You might win free tickets from our show. Later this hour, Tim Hasselbeck, former NFL quarterback, former Boston College star. He will be with us in Winston-Salem as he's on the call for the ACC Network as Florida State visits Wake Forest. on That's tomorrow night, Saturday night. We'll see you right outside the last resort bar from 4 to 7 p.m. with our tents, games, prizes, and Continental Tire Toss. You might win four free Continental Tires. Then we're all headed in to BB&T Field as the Seminoles visit the Demon Deacons. Tim Hasselbeck, later this hour. It's right back to your free-for-all Friday phone calls on the other side, though. You can jump in. Football, college or pro, NBA is almost back. Baseball is almost finished. The Carolina Hurricanes are red hot on their annual state fair road trip. The NCAA model was being discussed by Congress earlier this week, and there's even a bunch of college basketball and soccer headlines worthy of your consideration. I'll get to as many of my points as I can, but we're following your lead. You can be next right now, 1-800-849-2761 on The David Glenn Show. I don't want those damn dookies rooting for us. They've hated all year long. Let them go right on hate. If the situation were reversed, I would hope they would lose by a hundred. You're in fantasy land if you ever think NC State's going to make it back to the national championship game. So just forget that right now. Go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Keeping the peace in NC on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Free For All Friday. Zach in Rocky Mount has baseball on his mind. Jake in Raleigh has boxing on his mind. Kevin in Wilmington wants to jump in and exercise his free-for-all Friday freedoms. You can be next with your question, comment, or complaint from anywhere in North Carolina or perhaps those listening online even beyond. 1-800-849-2761. Our only guest every Friday, mostly about you and your calls, Tim Hasselbeck. Former NFL quarterback, former Boston College star. We will see him in Winston-Salem tomorrow as we bring the big tailgate tour, driven by Continental Tire, to the Seminoles-Demon Deacons game. He has the call for the ACC Network. We'll talk to Tim later this hour. We'll talk to you now at 1-800-849-2761. One thing I promised, and we'll get to Zach and Rocky Mount next. Jake, Kevin, and others, hang in there. We'll try to get as many as we can in here on Free For All Friday. You know the old saying, all things are relative? I've got one for you. And we play a game in the Glenn household where there's a little box next to the dinner table. This is one of the reasons my kids, I believe, are critical thinkers. You don't just go with the flow. You don't just follow the flock. You don't just let the lamb lead you to slaughter, right? You think for yourself. You pull out a famous quote from the box. It's a shame you didn't know me, Darren, when the the kids were a little bit younger. You can either agree with the quote, disagree with the quote, or say, it depends. And then you, of course, have to elaborate. And the lovely and talented Maria and I 
more so me, you know, the former attorney, uh, you got to get your argument past me. That's like <laughs> trying to get the puck past Patrick Wah. I mean, I'm a tough, tough guy. It's like working with you someday. To get the yeah, right. <laughs> tough to get that argument past me. I'm I'm sure it is not all just uh, ice cream and and party time for you on the other side of the glass, Darren. You should write a book about that someday. All things are relative is one that I would quickly agree with. And here's a, just a quick example. In our great state, there are college football programs where you do not even exhaust all five fingers on a single hand if you count the number of seasons where they got 10 or more wins. Jim Harbaugh at Michigan has won 10 games in three of his four years there. This is year five. And to me, the biggest matchup of the weekend is his five and one Wolverines. Maybe they're trending toward another 10 and two. I don't know. But they're ranked number 16. Five and one's a pretty good record. But they were embarrassed earlier this year by Wisconsin, right? They beat Iowa, though. They're at Penn State with a chance to knock off the number seven and still undefeated Nittany Lions. It won't be easy. Penn State's probably the better team. Michigan plays brilliant defense most of the time. They've been hit touch and go offensively under the former Michigan quarterback, Jim Harbaugh. If you had three 10-win seasons in the last century, you'd have more than NC State has. If you had three 10-win seasons in the last century, you'd have more than Wake Forest has. Under dozens of coaches, right? If you have three in the last century at Duke, you are setting records, right? They might build a statue of you. That's our neighborhood. Like, the Dicks are 5-1. and one. Dave Clawson has a chance to get to 10. But if he does, it'll be the second time in the history of the school. If Dave Doran breaks through after some nine-win seasons and gets to 10 one of these years, he'll join one other year in the history of Wolfpack football. David Cutcliffe has a similar challenge at Duke. A lot of good teams. Back in the day when they didn't play as many games, Duke actually had some very nationally prominent teams, but you weren't playing 12-game regular seasons. It was harder to get to the 10-win threshold. So we have entire programs that are more than a century old, and Jim Harbaugh has more 10-win seasons in four years at Michigan than they have in the history of their programs. And yet, many Wolverines fans will tell you he hasn't been good enough because he's not beaten Ohio State. He's not beaten, you know, top 25 opponents well enough. He's not winning these key Big Ten road games often enough. And they have some legit arguments, right? 10-3 and three at, at Michigan is a nice season. 10-3 and three at a Wake or a State or a Duke would be one of the best seasons in the history of the school. All things are relative. And as the Wolverines at 5-1 and one visit the Nittany Lions at 6-0, and oh, Remember that backdrop to Jim Harbaugh's story. He could keep cranking out 10 win seasons and get fired. And yet, for most of our programs around here, if you kept cranking out 10 win seasons, they'd build a statue of you next to the stadium. All things are really relative in college football. Zach and Rocky Mount, you're next on the David Glenn Show. Hey, um, I had baseball, and I was just thinking about in the past, this century, so the past 20 years, what was the best baseball team that didn't win the World Series? Mm. I'm glad you said this century because that, that takes out a lot of teams from my childhood and stuff from before I was born. You know, personally, 
And I don't know if you're trying to stab me in the heart with this question. I'm just kidding. My Philadelphia Phillies of 2011 had a starting rotation led by Roy Halladay, Cliff Lee, and Cole Hamels. They also had Ryan Howard, Jimmy Rollins, Chase Hutley. I mean, they were loaded, and they had won the World Series, what was it, three years before? So just for me personally, that would be one of the answers. I'll add this. If the Houston Astros don't eliminate the Yankees and then beat the Washington Nationals, the Houston Astros will be your answer to this question. Now, I think they'll win it all, but if they don't, they'll be the new answer. Did you have someone you were thinking of from these last 20 years? Actually, I did. The early, early, early 2000 Mariners with Ken Griffey Jr., yeah, A-Rod, yeah. Randy Johnson. I mean, that team was absolutely stacked. I'm a Ken Griffey Jr. fan myself. Okay. I, I was, I'm a Reds fan. I believe that numerically your answer is the best. It, it might even be like the best answer of all time. If you just took subjectivity out of it and said, what was the best record of a team that failed to win the World Series? Didn't that Seattle team win like 115 games yeah, or so, something? So it, it, he's right, but also not 100% because in 01, when the Mariners won 119 games in the regular season or, or whatever the, their record was, um, it might have been just a few shy of that. But it was one of the better regular seasons in, in MLB history. Yes. They didn't make the World Series. They didn't even advance that far. But A-Rod nor Ken Griffey Jr. were on that team. That was Ichiro Suzuki's rookie year. He won the Rookie of the Year and right. the MVP award in the same season. Lou Pinella, the Lou manager P- yep, of that team? Correct. Yeah, and I think numerically. Now, I'm not going back more than 100 years, so we'd have to double-check this. But I just looked it up. Seattle was 116 and 166. Yeah. I mean, the Astros are be, understandably being celebrated right now. And they, they're at, where, what, 107 in the 107 in the regular season. So, I mean, come on, man. These Astros are as well-built a team as I've seen in a long, long time. I didn't watch that Mariners team a lot from 18 years ago, but those numbers are just striking. That's incredible. And they didn't even make the World Series, much less win it. I think Zach's... Answer is the right one. Sadly, he had to remind me of my 2011 Philadelphia (laughs) Phillies as well. The 1906 Chicago Cubs, Darren, apparently had the greatest winning percentage at 116 and 36 before they extended the regular season to the modern-day marathon. So they won 76% of their games in the regular season, but yet, you know, because they're the Cubs, they failed to win the World Series. (laughs) It's just something they did. Way back in 1906. Uh, But no, I don't think that was on Zach's mind. 1-800-849-2761. Tim Hasselbeck, former NFL quarterback, former Boston College star, now an outstanding announcer for ESPN and the ACC Network. We'll see him in Winston-Salem tomorrow as Florida State visits Wake Forest. Tim Hasselbeck joins our show in about 12 minutes. More of your phone calls in the spirit of Free For All Friday next. The great difference between sport and capital E Entertainment and capital S Sport is that we don't know the outcome. And that feeling of uncertainty, positively or negatively, is unique. We are quoting Bob Ryan the way I would quote, you know, Aristotle or Confucius. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. In just a few minutes, Tim Hasselbeck's going to join us. Did you know that his wife was once a contestant on the TV show Survivor? And then she went on to a TV career of her own. Tim, of course, former Boston College quarterback, former NFL QB as well, now with the ACC Network. 
He has this weekend as part of his broadcasting duties, Florida State's trip to Wake Forest. We're, we'll be there as well. Come see us from 4 to 7 p.m. Outside the Last Resort Bar, right there on Deacon Boulevard, just a short walk from BB&T Field. The Seminoles, of course, talented but struggling. The Deacons off to a 5-1 and one start that is one of the best in school history. Tim Hasselbeck on quarterbacks and some NFL and some college football. Maybe even some my wife was a contestant on Survivor. Is that intimidating to a husband? I don't know. We'll get into all of that with Tim Hasselbeck when he joins us shortly. Darren, you know the name Austin Deleuze, right? Of course. All right. In my 33 years in this state, I would say that he's somewhere on my list of favorite sports figures that I've just talked to enough times that I feel like beyond a typical traditional interview, I just feel like I know him a little bit. I mean, we're not like dinner buddies or anything like that. He hasn't been to the house for a meal, although I'm open to that possibility. Uh, he is actually being honored tomorrow by the franchise whose games you call from time to time, North Carolina FC. So it is their last game of the regular season, NCFC. It's a game at Wake Med Soccer Park tomorrow, tomorrow night at 7, and it's kind of like an Austin Deleuze appreciation night. You can't give more on the pitch and in the community. You can't be a much better blend of brilliant athlete or sports figure and even better human being than Austin Deleuze. He's just always going to be one of my favorites along those lines. Former Wake star, one more reason to love him for folks in this neighborhood. But uh, support a team that is headed to the playoffs, so this is not his last game in that uniform. There will be a postseason for both of those teams. Uh, the women, the North Carolina Courage, actually host a semifinal playoff matchup. They're one of the final four. They take on Megan Rapino and the Seattle Reign on Sunday at Wake Med Soccer Park. So Steve Malik's teams are kicking tail. I know you kind of have a similar vibe. You haven't known him as long as I have, but Austin's got to be on your radar. No, well. but absolutely. I mean, he's up there with anybody in the area. Uh, in particular, I love what he does with the playing for pride movement, and I've even been a contributor to that yeah. cause yep. a, a, multiple times. So uh, a lot of respect for Austin and what he does. He's the best. Good luck to the Courage. They've been the best of the NWSL in many ways, best in the world at times. Good luck to NCFC as well as they play that regular season finale and celebrate the great Austin Deleuze. The MLS playoffs, if you're into such things, start tomorrow with 14 teams in that field. The other quick update of the week was that Sacramento is about to be announced as the newest expansion franchise in the MLS. They will become team number 29. The league's publicly stated goal is to get to 30 in the relatively near future because of David Tepper. Charlotte is one of the top contenders to become number 30. But because of Steve Malik and Kurt Johnson and others, Raleigh remains one of the other contenders to be number 30 in Major League Soccer. That latter bid needs, as soon as possible, a soccer-specific downtown stadium that would leapfrog them up the list of contenders to be number 30. Tim Hasselbeck on marrying a Survivor contestant and lots of football next on The David Glenn Show. You like college football? It's Taj Boyd. Taj, how are you? Welcome I'm to the good. show. I'm good. Dave, man, I appreciate you having me on the show. I'm excited to be here, man. I'm excited for the question that you're going to ask. Mark Richt of Georgia, please stop taking our best high school football players, but otherwise, thank you for the visit. Last thing for Virginia Tech coach Frank Beamer. So do we. The David Glenn Show. Thanks, David. Appreciate it a lot. You got it. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Our next guest was a star quarterback at Boston College. 
You don't find this on many resumes. He actually succeeded his older brother at the same school, at the same position, leading the Eagles as a QB before spending about seven years in the NFL. Nowadays, he works with ESPN and the ACC Network. He's headed to the same place, or maybe he's already there. He's going to Winston-Salem. We'll see Florida State at Wake Forest tomorrow night. We're there with our big tailgate tour. Tim Hasselbeck will be part of the call for the ACC Network. Tim, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm doing great, and uh, already in Winston-Salem, and uh, it's gorgeous right now. Yeah. And I hear that we might even be getting a little bit of rain tomorrow night for the contest. And you're a, so you're a weatherman on top of all of that. That's that impressive. true. We have these three hours of tents and games and prizes leading up to kickoff, so we root for night starts, so we got that, mm-hmm. and we, we root for good weather. We'll see how that part pans out. Before we, <laughs> before we dive into the football, I'm dying to know, Best I understand, you met the woman who became your wife in college, so it's not like you had the intimidating challenge of taking somebody fresh off a Survivor TV show appearance and then having to live up to that standard. How, how did that go for you all? Uh, so that is right. My wife, Elizabeth, uh, and I met in college. She was a softball player uh, at B.C., and I think I faked a few injuries to uh, end up in the same training room. <laughs> like, oh, hey, what are, what are you doing here? Back then, I, I also had a full head of hair back then. So my game, my game was much better uh, than, than anyone would think it would be. Um, and so, yeah, we met there. And then, you know, when um, you know, we were dating, actually, soon to be engaged when she went on the show. And so, uh, yeah, that was a pretty crazy experience funny we had never watched it and uh, she turned 40 a couple years ago and we watched it with our kids which was kind of a bizarre situation for them because you know here my my kids watching you know their whatever 24 year old mom you know before she was married or had kids or anything competing they were so disappointed in her when she like would fail the challenges they were like (laughs) come on what are you doing they were setting you up to succeed it's like a quarterback getting heckled by the fans in the front row and yet they're family members tim hasselbeck is joining us on the david glenn show wake hosting florida state tomorrow night in winston-salem Part one of the fun storylines that you've had, I know you've seen mo- almost everybody in the ACC at this point, mm-hmm. you, you were the little brother to Matt Hasselbeck. Yeah. And we have the fun story of, you know, Chaz Surratt, quarterback turned star linebacker at Carolina. You'll have his brother Sage, who's some people's like midseason ACC offensive player of the year, catching passes for the Demon Deacons. Uh, tell us what you've seen from those two guys, but also remind us, was it easy to just follow Matt at Boston College as a fellow quarterback, or did at any point you get tired of being the little brother or following in his footsteps? Well, you know, we were always son of Don. You know, my dad played in the NFL, and so it was always like it was always kind of our middle name was like you know Matt, son of Don, and then for me it was like uh, Tim, son of Don, brother of Matt. Yeah. Uh, so you just grew up kind of having it be be that way, and so I just I guess it was normal. In terms of what I've seen from the guys, I mean Chesterot, um you know, to make the move from quarterback to linebacker and to do what he's done this year has been really remarkable. And, um, you know, seeing them live and preparing and talking to Mac about, you know, what he's meant to that team, um, you know, they feel like he has a future as an NFL player at linebacker. I mean, they they think he can be that good. And then for Sage, uh, you know, you talk about ACC player of the year. I mean, I said, you know, um, I guess, you know, Sage probably had two touchdown catches at this point last week, which 
would have had him at eight. He ended up with three on the night, and 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 he has nine. And you know, Wake is undefeated. And I said, you know, if they're undefeated, and this dude's got nine touchdown catches, like, do we start mentioning him in the Heisman yeah, right. race? Like, I mean, I mean, in all seriousness, like, if if you were at a bigger school that was ranked higher and you had nine touchdown catches, if, if I don't know how many Justin Ross has, but if he had nine. I think everyone would be like, well, isn't he in the Heisman conversation? Um, Dave Stratt has been that good. He's been that in- incredible. And um, and I I would expect tomorrow night for him to continue his good play. One thing beyond college football, we want to tap into all those different NFL locker room experiences you had over seven years. In our state, I mean, you've seen all variations of this before, I know, but Cam Newton is the former MVP who's been dealing with an injury and is expected to return to practice this coming week. What do you do? Uh, what can you share about how NFL locker rooms work when it comes to Kyle Allen has won four straight games and is throwing accurately, uh, even more accurately than Cam does sometimes? Where do you fall on the don't mess with the mojo type part of the argument versus how can you not start an MV, a former MVP once he's healthy again? Yeah, well, I think in terms of how locker rooms handle it, locker rooms just want to win. I mean, you know, guys and then receivers – you know, they want the ball and they want to win. I mean, that's typically, yeah. that kind of sums it up in terms of the locker room. But, um, you know, where I would sit is that, you know, I think Cam's play has declined. Um, he's clearly not been healthy, and that's been a part of it, but it's also making a lot of money. And then you have, you know, Kyle Island, who's not making a lot of money, and he's playing great. And I think there are plenty of people that believe that Kyle Island, while not nearly as physically talented as Cam, is physically talented enough to play winning football. And, you know, I think in some ways, you know, it's not all that different than, um, you know, the, the Tony Romo, Dak Prescott situation. You know, here you go. You have this older quarterback, had some injuries, but you think, man, well, you're good enough to win a Super Bowl with this guy when he's playing great, aren't you? And the answer to that is, is probably yes. But then you have this other guy who's essentially a free quarterback. Yeah. I mean, he, he's making league minimum. It just, and so if he can play at a similar level, then you have to move on. Because what you can do is you can then spend, you know, the, I mean, shoot, in, in nowadays time, you can spend the, the rest of that $30 million a year on other players supporting that quarterback that's maybe not as physically talented. So I, I, I think that, um, like, if I were Ron Rivera, I, I think, you know, Kyle Allen's my guy and I, and. And I hope that he continues to play great going forward. And, and I hope that we kind of build it around him. I mean, I think that is the mindset. Tim Hasselbeck joining us on the David Glenn Show ESPN ACC Network. I know you haven't seen all 14 teams, but you've seen almost all of them. We all push aside the Clemson Tigers as the best in the ACC. Mm-hmm. I think Florida State fans want to believe they have enough talent that by the end of the year they could be the next best team. Wake Forest is 5-1 and one and believes they could be the next best team. Duke plays UVA. I think both of them think they could be the next best team. Who strikes you as the best candidate to be that sort of ACC number two in the long run? Um, well, earlier in the year I would have told you Virginia. Uh, their red zone woes, uh, you know, were an issue a year ago, and I think they're, they're still an issue. Um, and so I wouldn't go with them. I, I would say Pittsburgh. And, you know, Pittsburgh loses, you know, week one to UVA. But you just look at, um, you know, you look at the rest of their season. Now, they were able to beat Duke on a last-minute touchdown, and, 
but you know they they lose to Penn State in a game on on the road that they really should have. Yeah, down you know, to the wire. Got a chance to win. They beat number fifteen UCF. Although you know we've seen other things happen UCF, but beat number fifteen UCF. Um, you know again on a you know a, a late play, but they're competing with them. I think it's Pittsburgh. I, and, yeah. uh, and and they're not a perfect team. You know the running back situation. You know, hasn't really defined itself. They've been they've been injured there. They're not running the ball well. They've had you know injuries on their defensive line that have hurt them. But I, you know that that's a team that when we look up at the end of the year, I just think that there's a chance. You know, look, I was looking at their schedule. I, they could get to ten wins. So I'm not sure they have a game the rest of the way they won't be favored in. I only have about a minute for this, but uh, from afar, it looks like Wake's offense is way ahead of the Wake defense that gave up all those points to Louisville. And it looks to me like the Florida State offense is way ahead of a Florida State defense that doesn't have the talent or the execution that we used to see from the Seminoles. Uh, Are you anticipating as a result like a shootout, assuming better weather tomorrow night? You mean like another like 62 (laughs) Maybe not that much. I I don't know. That's that's tough to predict, right? You know what? Yeah, I mean, I am. I mean, the, the weather could, I guess, play play a factor in it. But um, we didn't think we'd see 62 to 59 a week ago when Louisville was in town playing yeah. Wake. But I don't see – neither team has done a very good job of, uh, you know, playing defense, quite honestly. And, you know, and then the way these offenses have been playing and the talent that Florida State has at wide receiver and how that matches up with the secondary of Wake. Yeah. Okay, I, 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 yeah, could be, could be thirty-seven, thirty-five. I just hope I have a good one if we're going to be out here in the rain. <laughs> well, we hope to meet you out there. Thank you for this visit on the David Glenn Show. We hope you enjoy your time here in North Carolina. Cool, good, good to be on with you guys. See ya. You got it, Tim Hasselbeck on Twitter at TT Hasselbeck, brother of Matt, the little brother. Seven years in the NFL, very successful with the Boston College Eagles, and now gets to call games for the Atlantic Coast Conference for ESPN and the new ACC Network. A lot of games worth watching. 5-1 way hosting FSU. 4-2 Duke going to UVA. The winner feels good about its chances in the Coastal. Carolina's only 3-3, three three, but with a win at Virginia Tech, the Heels would be among the favorites in the Coastal. State can get to 5-2 up at BC. We're back after this. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith. I know that I will never be as good as he was in in any way. Yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. But I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. 